Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Northwest Division expert, Ryan Liu, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Jazz, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Thunder, and Trailblazers. Starting things off with the Jazz, who've since snapped their win streak, I mean, how, how have they responded to that? Utah started actually a new win streak since they lost to the Nuggets last week. It's currently standing at five games now. Utah beat the Hornets, the Pacers, and the Celtics this week, which were all great wins, Pacers and Celtics especially, as they uh, are the premier teams in the East. Bojan Bogdanovic, he's been playing really well as of late. Um, he broke out for 31 points versus the Hornets to lead all scorers there in that game. Uh, Rudy Gobert, has, again, has had at least three blocks in every game, continues to lock down the paint and continues to prove that he can be the next defensive player of the year again. And Donovan Mitchell is also growing into a facilitator. He led the team in assists in, the, in their two wins this week. And so if he really grows that part of his game, you know, that's really taking the next step for him. With Utah's win streak coming to a close, what are, their, what are they looking in the standings? Yeah, uh, Utah has taken over the number one seed in the West, and they're really looking like a true contender this year. And they're really posing a threat to the Lakers in the, in the West so far. Now, the Blazers didn't play too many games, but I'm curious maybe how they might have looked in, the, in those few games that they played. Yeah, the Blazers took a tough loss to the Knicks. But then they bounced back and beat the Magic three days later. Um, they didn't look that great against the Knicks. I think they're still adjusting to the lineup changes and the injuries that, that they've had. Damian Lillard continues to do everything he can to bring wins to this team. You know, with CJ and Nurkic being out. He led the team in scoring in both those games. Anthony Simons is actually playing a lot and getting a lot of rotation minutes. Um, he's looked a lot more comfortable this year in year three, which is good there to see that development play out. And he's finally getting some minutes here with CJ's absence. Harry Giles has also cracked the rotation here with Nurkic being out. Uh, I know Harry Giles is looking at this as kind of his second opportunity after flaming out in Sacramento for four years. And Gary Trent Jr. has been uh, playing really well as of late, replacing CJ in the, in the starting lineup. Um, just the downfall with that is obviously they lose their bench depth when, he, uh, when he's starting. And, and, and with that, what do you think that means for their playoff chances? Yeah, despite my earlier comments in previous episodes, the Blazers have actually looked better as of late. And they've, I think they've been adjusting their lineups accordingly. And when they continue to adjust their current circumstances, you know, they, they definitely have a chance to keep fighting. Um, I, can, I can see them keeping this momentum for sure um, as they fight to in this competitive Western Conference. Minnesota now taking things over there. How have they looked so far now that they're start, finally starting to get guys back from injury? Yeah, Minnesota's had it tough this year so far, uh, but they did split their series against the Thunder, taking a win and a loss there, and then they took losses against the Mavericks and the Clippers and the week, as to be expected, there as uh, the Mavericks and the Clippers are the superior team in that matchup. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell actually suffered a knee injury against the Mavericks, and uh, he'll be out indefinitely. Um, I think he's undergoing surgery soon. I think they're kind of contemplating that. Uh, but, but that's going to be a huge blow to this team as they've already struggled a lot with injuries and COVID this year, uh, especially with Carl Anthony Towns being out for the majority of their games already this year. Ricky Rubio has slotted back into the starting lineup with that injury to D'Angelo. I think it's kind of a full circle for him as he really grew into a starting role in his career in Minnesota. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see how that's, how that's kind of played out. Malik Beasley and Naz Reed continue to play at a high level um, as they fill in for their counterparts who are, who are absent in the lineup. Naz Reed especially has been averaging nearly a double-double since Cat's been out. So that's really that's really great to see on this young team. And just on the Thunder this week, I'm curious to see if that, if that young team over there has anything brewing over up there in Oklahoma City. As I just mentioned, the Thunder, uh, they split their series with the Timberwolves, taking a win and a loss there in that series. And uh, they followed with back-to-back losses against the Lakers, as to be expected. Uh, the Lakers are the superior team there. But in their second game, it actually did go to overtime, and the Lakers had a one-point win there. So the Thunder didn't give up. They definitely brought it 
brought it with everything they had and uh, competed. Yeah, with George Hill going down with injury, uh, Theo Maladon's actually been starting recent games, uh, but then he was held out of the Lakers games because of COVID protocols, and he missed a few games there. And then um, also with the absences in the lineups with the, for the Thunder, uh, Kenrich Williams got a starting role. Uh, he got forced into a starting role there, and he had a double-double versus the Lakers in, the, in their most recent game. Finishing things off with Denver, how have they looked? Yeah, Denver had a rough start to the week, uh, taking losses to the Kings and the Bucks. I think the, the loss to the Kings hurt a little bit more as they're seen as the better team than the Kings, but the Kings played really well there, and the Bucks are a great team. Then they finished the week with the win against the Cavaliers. The Cavs have obviously a rebuilding team there and just made a recent trade for Jared Allen, which Jared Allen played really well in this game. And Nikola Jokic went off for 50 points this week versus the Kings, and he just he set his career high there in points. Yeah, Jamal Murray has really struggled as of late. He looks out of rhythm for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on with him, whether it's something mental or he's facing an injury or uh, something going on with him and his game on the court. Uh, I really I really don't know at this point. Yeah, RJ Hampton has actually broke the rotation and earned some minutes. He's, he's definitely earned a spot in the rotation, to be honest. I think that it's he's deserving of a chance. He's a young player. He's a great young prospect for them, and uh, he goes along their timeline with Michael Porter Jr. too. Now, do you think they can rely on Jokic to do everything, or do you think he's going to need more help with them to really make a deep push? You know, that's really tough to say. I mean, it's a, it's a talent-driven league, and Jokic has really shown how elite he is this year. But being elite is, is one thing, but being a championship team is a different thing. So I, I don't know if they have that guy on the roster. Like Jamal Murray is supposed to be that guy, but he hasn't really taken that next step up this year to really solidify him in that in that one-two punch role with Jokic. So I think Denver needs to seriously consider looking for a starter pair with Jokic. I mean, I, I, I don't know if they have it in-house. Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Central Division expert, Logan Nachtrob, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Bucks, Bulls, Cavs, Pacers, and Pistons. Logan, last week you mentioned how the Bucks have been looking more like themselves over the past few weeks. Have they continued to perform well? Yeah. The Bucks finished this week with a 4-1 record and were just two points shy of a perfect 5-0 record after losing to the Suns 125-124 to on Wednesday night. Bryn Forbes had an impressive performance off the bench for the Bucks on Saturday night after dropping 18 points on just six shots which were all from three, and he did not miss a single one. So six for six from three, and he only played 18 minutes. This is the type of bench depth that will give the Bucks an edge in the postseason. They need to be confident because they're a great team with a plethora of great players. In addition to that great performance, Chris Middleton also posted a career-high 12 assists on Monday night and had a near triple-double with 29 points, eight rebounds, and 12 assists. Lastly. Giannis had a crazy game in their loss to the Suns with a season-high 47 points. Interesting stuff over there with the Bucs, and then the Bulls capped off their week with a bang a few nights ago. How has this week been for them? The Bulls finished this week with a 2-2 two and two record. Like you mentioned, the Bulls had a tremendous game last night with Levine scoring a season-high 46. In addition, Zach Levine hit nine threes, while Kobe White finished with eight. This makes them the first pair of teammates ever to hit eight threes in a game each. In addition, the Bulls' 25 total threes marks a new franchise record. Next up, Patrick Williams. He is going to be my main talking point again as he became the youngest player in franchise history to score 20 points in a game. He was 19 years and 163 days old on Friday night when he finished with exactly 20 against the Magic. The Pacers didn't look that good this week, Logan, and do you see any hope for a turnaround? Yeah, John, the Pacers posted an 0-3 record this week. Poor shooting combined with the whole Oladipo left is clearly affecting this otherwise talented team. 
despite the Pacers' lack of depth, I I do think that they have a couple solid guys off the bench. One such guy is TJ McConnell. I bring McConnell up because he has had a stellar week, but maybe you wouldn't guess it just based off the box score. On Friday, he had 15 assists off the bench. His 41 points assisted on and 11 threes assisted on in that game are each the most by a player off the bench in the last 25 seasons. McConnell is is a pretty obscure player, but I am telling you now, put him on your radar. This dude is averaging 6.7 assists off the bench for the Pacers, and that 6.7 is good enough for 11th in the entire league. So if they can get some of those bench guys going, and hopefully Karis LeVert's return will kind of help them spark something and and really get back into that playoff position. Moving on to the Pistons, they made a couple of headlines this weekend. What what's going on there? Yeah, the most notable headline for the Pistons this week was the Derrick Rose trade. They shipped him back to New York for Dennis Smith Jr. and a 2021 second round draft pick via the Charlotte Hornets. While this may not be the return that many Pistons fans had been hoping for, I'm intrigued by their decision to accept that package. From what I've read, I've gotten the sense that the Pistons view this as a reclamation project similar to Josh Jackson. If you can recall, Dennis Smith Jr. came out of NC State with a highly touted 48-inch vertical jump. He was a promising young player to the extent that he was a key piece in bringing Kristaps Porzingis to the maps. While he may not look like an appealing package right now, this is a young player who's absolutely brimming with potential. I used to be a big fan of his when he first came into the league and I really hope he can recover some of that dazzle he used to have. He was a fun guy to watch for sure. Lastly, in terms of their gameplay this week, the Pistons managed a 1-2 and record with a surprising win over the Nets. Finally wrapping things up, what's been sticking out to you in Cleveland so far? Yeah, Cleveland had a rough week. They finished 4 with a tough schedule, including Milwaukee twice, Phoenix, and Denver. Darius Garland did eclipse a noteworthy milestone on Monday night becoming the fourth youngest Cavs player to reach 1,000 points. I wasn't able to find the three players above him, but I think we all have a good idea of who's up there. I know for a fact that LeBron is above him, and I would also guess Kyrie as well. So while fourth may not seem that incredible at first glance, you got to take into account some of the guys that he has as competition for a position like that. So that definitely puts him up with some big names. Darius Garland has also just been the biggest guy for the Cavs recently. I'm going to keep this conversation on him because of that. In his last eight games, he's averaged around 18 and a half points per game and around five and a half assists per game. And keep in mind, he just turned 21. This is a guy with a bright future, so keep your eyes on him. 